0: Good to see everybody again, so we're going to jump into it. Just as a recap, uh, the uh, last two classes, uh, starting uh, Sunday and then going into Wednesday, are are going to be Biblical Solutions, so uh, this class is going to be on the causes of depression, obviously not all-encompassing, however, uh, we're going to touch on some of the main things that most people would recognize to be causes of depression. Uh, With that, let's uh, get started. Uh, As we go through this, uh, we're going to touch on the three. Uh, things that uh, uh, most researchers attribute it to, which are physical, emotional, and spiritual. Uh, The uh, physical uh, contributors we're going to delve into, emotional we're going to delve into, and the spiritual is interesting because we're going to really deal with that on the biblical side of it. So we're going to address the three uh, spiritual sources, but on the biblical side, when we deal with the solutions, it's really going to come a lot clearer as we delve into that. So the goal of this is for us to, to have a, a better understanding of what causes depression and um, how they are uh, impacting us and also other people so that way we can uh, maybe help ourselves or other people. All right. So let's delve into it. Physical depression. When one begins to read about physical depression, uh, it is easy to get consumed with a lot of scientific deep dives, and uh, it will just make your head kind of spin like betel juice, Beetlejuice. juice, juice. It is one of those things that uh, unless you understand some of the scientificness behind it, you might just kind of get lost in it, Uh, you'll start reading about uh, estrogen levels and. Uh, Hippocampal uh, atrophy and serotonin and and ERT and and, uh, all sorts of fun things that uh, really just, you know, are probably beyond most of our understanding. And that's okay because there's professionals out there that have the education in that, that understand that, and that's why we need to be okay with going to them if we have some issues because someone might need ERT, which is uh, estrogen replacement therapy. Uh, so, So there's people that understand those things. So what we're going to do, our goal has always been to be more of a Barney Rubble style in this class, right? Let's break it down so it's easy to understand, but we're going to look at it for more of a 30,000 feet look. Uh, With that being said, we're going to delve into six overall arching categories. We're not going to get too scientific, but we're going to talk about uh, some, some examples that have some scientific information in them. Uh, but just kind of give us an overview of each one and maybe give an example of it, and also I'll give you the, the uh, Sources in which I got them from because obviously I'm not smart enough to uh, come up with this stuff on my own So the first one we're going to jump into is hormonal imbalance uh, a good example of this is uh, Prior to a woman's uh, menstrual cycle after childbirth or around menopause estrogen levels drop and what happens is this impacts serotonin levels which causes or leads to depression okay so i know i said we weren't going to get scientific about it but i want to show just a specific example that there are things that happen in the body that are natural but then they can go a little bit too far and then we get into depression so ladies you don't have to raise your hand but there's a lot of things that are hidden here does it impact you whenever these things happen Yes. Yes. Okay. It does. All right. Is it real? Men, listen to this. Is it real, ladies? It is very real. It is very real. It is not something that is not real. They are feeling things that we will never fully understand. But we need to be sympathetic, empathetic, and every type of whatever well, not we can only be. Do you not understand? It. We don't understand it either. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's one
1: of those things that <laughs> My this
0: affects me. It does <laughs> absolutely. So it does affect. It everyone in this room. It does. So it is legit. There are things that happen with hormones that um, are real, and we need to make sure that we acknowledge that it's not just someone being moody, uh, but it is actually something that's going on in their body that I, I love the fact that you said, I don't even understand it's happening to me. Um, and that's got to be a scary feeling to a certain extent. So uh, hormonal imbalances is the first one. Uh, the second one is uh, medication and drugs. Uh, this is per WebMD. It says nearly a third of people with major depression also have uh, al- an alcoholic problem. Uh, it also says that drinking will only worsen depression and or lessen the effectiveness, effectiveness of uh, antidepressants. So, say someone does have depression, uh, maybe it was onset <coughs> by their drinking. They go to the doctor to try to get help. They get given antidepressants, but then they drink. What's it do? It negates the antidepressants. So not only will it put you into a depression, or will it worsen possibly your depression, it will negate the good that doctors can do for you with some antidepressants. So that's just a specific example specifically towards um, uh, alcohol for medi- uh, medications and drugs. Isn't, and, and, oh, isn't alcohol kind
1: of medicating something initially itself?
0: Well, it is a drug. It is. Um, and, oh, boy.
1: Well, just that, you know, the whole tequila sunrise thing. Uh, that There's a cause that they're drinking from.
0: Well, it might be. Some people uh, drink because of social reasons. Some people drink because they're trying to mask or cover something or become numb to it. Uh, and I don't know all the reasons why people do the things that they do, but I can say that... It has a negative impact on you no matter what. It is a drug. Anyone that says that alcohol is not a drug, you're wrong. And you need to research it a little bit more in depth. It impacts your body. It impacts you in certain ways. It is a drug. You had a question?
2: When you think about it, think about all the songs here. Not just country songs, but maybe country songs hit it on a little more. But, you know, I talk about, you know, I, I drank to forget something. Right. But all I did was blow upon it, you know. And even in, in songs, you know, musicians are saying, yeah, see, all that does is causes the grief to be worse. Right. The depression to worsen, the the, the issue to worsen instead of better.
0: It's a false blanket of, uh, not security, but... You know, but they're either the yeah. shot of
2: courage or the, well, I'll try right. to drown my sorrows now.
0: Right. And, and, you know, we've, I don't know, I can't say we've all dealt with it, but uh, being in law enforcement, I have dealt with so many people and alcohol-related security. Uh, It's amazing how many calls you go to that alcohol or some type of drug is a part of the call It's domestic violence, but it's because someone was maybe intoxicated or someone lost control for a certain reason So it's 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 scary. It's not a good thing. Uh, It shouldn't be in our bodies It's not natural to us and um, the Lord talks about that all throughout But we're not gonna go down that path because that's a whole year's worth of study if we wanted to be did you have a comment?
3: Um, I was just going to say when it came to my grandpa, uh, my late one um, I guess uh, due to his um, overthinking of, for actions that he has done in the past um, during his lifespan I guess he would get drunk and my mother would be terrified because I guess he would trying to shoot himself because of it because he was so drunk so it definitely is not at all the best way to handle any sort of emotions and I think that when it comes to that my grandfather should have sought more help instead of trying to drown out his issues. Sounds like there was a lot going on there. There
0: definitely right. was. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Chronic illness. So this is per the, the Cleveland Clinic. It says also an estimated third of people with chronic illness or a condition that is, uh, doesn't have light at the end of the tunnel, lack of a better term, uh, they suffer from uh, symptoms of depression. Uh, for example, someone might have cancer, or some other type of long-term <coughs> sickness where they, they just they just don't see that light. And, um, you know, maybe it is terminal, or maybe it is something that's uh, they haven't found a cure for and it causes them to go into some sort of depression over it because uh, they're just physically sick and also mentally it has just weighed their heart down. Uh, and, you know, uh, we have a dear brother here that recently has moved away that was dealing with a very, very severe cancer. And, and you know, we saw him try to keep as cheery of a face as he could. Uh, that's tough. That's tough whenever that's weighing down on you, right? Uh, so um, that's where, where we really need to surround our brothers and sisters, where, where they might have something like that and be there for them so that way they're not alone and they have a person to talk to and they, they have a resource and whatever it might be to, to help them through those tough times. Sometimes those illnesses actually mess with your body chemistry
2: and True. cause you the hormonal kinds of issues. True. And even like if your thyroid has gone wacky, it'll, it'll cause all sorts of trouble.
0: Oh, absolutely. And also with a lot of, lot of the sicknesses, they also dump a bunch of medicines on you. And those then can also right. mess with your hormones and, and your chemical composition and, and have it, have a negative impact. So there's a lot of things going on with the, the, the chronic illness.
2: You think about how many medications you, you listen to the thing at the end may cause uh, thoughts of depression. <coughs> cause, right. Thoughts of depression may cause... Desire for, for suicide,
0: I think. Yeah. It, you know. The guy's talking a thousand miles an hour, and you yeah. listen to him, you're like, I'm not going to take that for anything. This supposed to be for a <laughs> <laughs> So this next one was interesting to me. It's called a melancholy temperament. And so I actually enjoyed reading up on this one a little bit because I've never heard of this. And forgive me if I say some of these words <clears throat> wrong, but this is from BetterHelp. It's a counseling resource. And it states that there are four different types of pepper, uh, peppermints. Temperaments. Uh, Temperaments, not peppermints. Uh, The first one is choleric. Then the second one is sanguine. Third is melancholic. And then the the fourth is phlegmatic. Now, my guess is I didn't say those all right. But that's okay. We're going to roll with it. Who would (laughs) know? Exactly. So let's just pretend I said it right. So a melancholic person has a higher tendency towards depression. It's because of their temperament... They're more of a perfectionist. uh, They're more sensitive. They're more empathetic. And they're often a quiet, introverted person. So, which is kind of a perfect storm. Because it says a perfectionist, when outcomes don't get achieved by themselves or someone else, they get angered. But because they're a quiet person, they pent up the anger. I thought it was really interesting because that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. So, shame on me for not knowing that's a thing. So, if you are a melancholic person... I apologize for not recognizing that, but uh, as I read it, I'm like, well, that totally makes sense because, you know, there's all these different types of people with, people with different types of uh, uh, temperaments, and we're all just a little bit different, and they say that these are actually, uh, they're actually from birth. You you know how your children are just different from birth? One is just outgoing, one's really quiet, one's a perfectionist, one, you know, as they grow up, they're really clean, one's, one's not, it's just, they're different, and we're all a little bit different, and it was interesting in this that uh, this certain temperament of person, they kind of set themselves up for depression because they expect great things from everybody, they expect great things from themselves, but they get upset whenever things don't go perfectly, but then they're not willing to express their anger. And so uh, it kind of, they kind of shoot themselves in their own foot. Um, so it's good if you're that type of person to realize that, so in that way you might be able to get help or recognize that in, in uh, uh, people that you know. Uh, The next one is, anyone have a comment on that? Anybody? Anybody? Alright. So, the next one is improper food, rest, or exercise. And I think this impacts uh, a lot of Americans, Uh, well, a lot of people all across the world, but a lot of Americans. Uh, This is per the Family Health Psychiatric and, and Counseling Center website. It says, specifically in bold, they said, you can't ignore your body and expect to feel good, which is a true statement. Uh, they go on to talk about how eating vitamins and minerals actually have a true impact on your body's health and also on your mind and how they function so eating healthy truly does impact your body and then uh, going on it talks about how people need six to nine hours of sleep per day uh, on a regular basis to actually function at the level in which they are optimum Uh, so with that being said you know if you're just sleep deprived all the time you're more likely, you're more vulnerable to fall into to depression or uh, other things that might cause you to to get down. And then it goes on to talk about exercise and improved self-esteem and general mental health. They say research shows that exercise is an effective but un- underused treatment for mild to moderate depression. So I know that um, over my life, whenever I was more active and, and out doing things, I always felt better about myself. I always felt uh, felt stronger and more in tune and more sharp. You know, has anyone else experienced that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everyone's shaking their head pretty much. Yes, good. Oh, no, I was oh you, you were legitimately raised <laughs> hand. So, yes. so we, we've all felt that to a certain extent, but it's interesting until you actually read it that that's a, a physical uh, way to overcome it. You're like, oh, well, that totally makes sense. Uh, it ties in directly with it. Anybody have anything on that? You know, I, I think we can tell with
2: certain people that need for more sleep Right. I I know I'm always hearing from Holly that she's like it's gonna kill you for the fact that I sleep four or five hours and I'm up. <laughs> and it's but it's just that right. that's where my body t- but I sure. notice with other people around me that if they get less than eight or nine, it's like Right. Oh, go
0: to bed. Well <laughs> we need to be in tune no, with no, the sleep fact sleep. that there's healthy sleep yeah. and then there's sleep. also certain states of depression where people are Over. they're sleeping too much. <clears throat> and there there's there's a happy medium there and we're not all the same. This these are generic statements of course, you know, uh you know Some people are morning people, some people can operate on six, some people need eight, whatever it might be. But it's one of those things that it's just good to have an overall arching understanding that these are things that physical things that impact people's mental health. Okay? Um, And then genetic uh, vulnerability. This was interesting because I went into this thinking it was going to say one thing. And one of the first things that I read was just the opposite of what I was thinking. So it shows you how smart I am. This is per, for the, uh, per the Stanford study. Uh, it says, no one inherits depression from the father or mother. Because <laughs> I was reading this, this is genetic, and so you're going to get it from your mom or your dad. <laughs> I, obviously, I didn't understand the whole gist of it. It's genetic vulnerability. Vulnerability is the, the key piece in this. It says, each person inherits a combination of genes from their mother and their father, and certain combinations can predispose one to be vulnerable. To depression so that gives me hope for people if your mom and dad have depression you don't have to just go well I'm going to get it I have a 50% chance that actually gave me a little bit more hope for people whenever I read that because it's you're predisposed to it you're you're vulnerable to it it doesn't mean you got a 50% chance of getting it <clears throat> Does that make sense Did I explain that well all right Anybody have anything before we move on to emotional?
1: Well, you're 50% chance, but it would all be defined on the situation and that you find yourself in, that you might be more susceptible to a depressing situation than someone else.
0: Sure. And when we take all these in into our life, we need to realize that it's it's a combination of how we deal with things and what what situations we put ourselves in and our thought process of how we're going to deal with things before we get into it. Will impact us in all these so it's one of those things that if I know I'm vulnerable more vulnerable to it because someone else in my family has it and I stay more active I stay away from maybe people that are going to Kind of bring me down wherever you might wherever you might say or I stay away from things that I know cause stress in my life I'm less likely to maybe get pulled into it. So good point. Yes, sir. I
2: would also add um, endorphins can uh, play a role. I I don't know if that would fall under, like, I don't think it's hormonal, it just the, uh, it it affects your mind, yeah, it's definitely physical in the sense that, um, like, I read an article a few months back about how social media just, like, sends your endorphins crazy, Yeah, like, they're very rewarding. And yes. I, one of my best friends actually got calm, like he shut down, he was, he, or he got off like Facebook and stuff and just shut all social media down because it was affecting him the wrong that way. That was question number one. Oh, wasn't That's, That's fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> but the first like month that he got off, it was like literally yeah. like a drug. Like, right. how it affected him mentally.
0: No, absolutely. No, absolutely. So now let's jump into emotional. Um, so what does repressed mean? camped down, restrained, inhibited, right? Okay, so what we're going to talk about is repressed anger. So what this means is restrained anger. This is kind of that melancholic person where they kind of hold the anger in, right? So, repressed anger is not good, right? We need to let our anger out. And I say that with a caveat. I'm not saying that we should let our anger out to the point where we sin, right? But we should express our feelings and express our, our frustration. We shouldn't hold on to it because when we hold things in, there's a saying, I remember this from when I was a little kid, and then uh, Kim Leach, one of our preachers uh, in the past, said it in a different way. But whenever I was a kid, it was, Acid eateth the vial in which it's in first, right? Say you have a cup. You pour acid in it. Before that acid gets to this table, what's it going to eat through first? Right? Acid eateth the vial in which it's in first. Anger is the same way, right? It's just going to eat on us and eat on us. And when we bottle it up, man, it's going to damage us before we explode on somebody else. Because we're just sitting on it. So, let's look at some common situations where people repress their anger. And obviously, this is not a all inclusive list, but these are things in which you know a lot of people might struggle with. Lost of a loved one. You? Did someone just say something?
1: Yes, I started oh. to
0: ask. Oh I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. How would you not repress it? Or of that people. at the image share.
0: Share. So if if so say say okay, Michelle and I were husband and wife. Say uh um I do something that angers her uh which Probably is on a daily basis because I'm a novelist. But but say I do something to to anger her. Does it do her any good to bottle it up? Or does it do her good to say, Hey, man, it really frustrates me when you do that. Because if she just bottles it up and bottles it up, one of these days she's going to blow. And it's going to hurt her, and it's going to hurt me. And we don't want that, do we? So, So how you deal with it is, be willing to share your frustration with people.
1: Immediately. But what about somebody that you don't have any, say, conversation with has okay. done something that makes you angry?
0: Well, maybe talk to a friend. Express your frustration. Get it off your chest. You know, talk with somebody about it. Pray to God about it. Lay your anxieties, your frustration, your anger on God. You know, th- there's numerous of ways ways in which we can get it off of our chest, but when we just like let it stew. It's like a pressure cooker. I know that pressure cookers really aren't used anymore, but man, I remember when that thing was a little rocket on top, that pressure was building up as a kid, I was like, I'd step away from it. Anger is kind of the same way, it just builds up in us. But if we talk to people, we get it off our chest.
2: One of the things I did years ago and I do occasionally now, if there's something that's really just eaten at me and I and not comfortable sharing it or whatever, for whatever reason, or maybe something like you're talking about, i write it down. I mean, I've been able to write 10 pages of just me rambling, you know, on whatever topic it was, just to get it out of my head and onto paper.
3: (laughs) Sure. It's a release. It is a release.
0: It's just a... People have different ways of letting off their, their frustration,
3: yes. And that's one thing that they'll say, That you should do is is something that's supposed to help if you journal or sit and write things down. Um, But yeah, I mean, I agree that talking to other people about it is a good thing too. But I have been told a number of times that that's a good thing to do.
0: No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Did you have something? No, yeah.
3: Um, I was just going to say, like, um, creative outlets are also a really good way, like, aside from obviously writing. Um, you can always draw, you can always sing, you can always, um, maybe, um, find something to do outside, such as, like, maybe bounce a ball against a wall or something, um, another good thing is to find, like, a social outlet group of friends that have the same issues as you, Sure. that stuff is like, anger issues, right. or, um, depressive episodes. That way when you get into that mood, maybe just send a quick text and hey need talk to somebody, that way you'll have you like four people, two people, even a person respond back when they can, then you guys can discuss it and find a healthy way for you to talk about it with them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always good whenever someone can understand where you're coming from. All right, so loss of the loved one. Uh, a lot of times people just they they, they hold that in. They you know, why did I lose them? Why did they die? Why, 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 why? They just get angrier. They might be angry at themselves, or they might be angry at the person if they, they got killed in an accident the person that killed. There's all sorts of reasons why people might pick up anger around that. Loss of control of maybe a situation. Uh, loss of expectations around a certain scenario. Loss of health or abilities. Uh, loss of self-esteem. Uh, loss of uh, possessions. Loss of uh, respect of others. Maybe someone... They fell short of where you thought that they should be, and that that just uh, devastated you. Um, loss of personal goals—maybe you know you are trying to hit something, you didn't hit it, and you didn't fail the goal, and you're you're frustrated with it. You're angry with yourself. Wh- whatever it might be, I mean, this this is just a list of a few, but you know these are these are things that people internalize and they get angry. And it's one of those things that acid eateth the vial in which it's in first. Okay. So, let's continue with emotional. What does it mean to be suppressed? Something
3: preventing you? What's that? Prevention
0: of you expressing outward emotions? Yes, that's that, That's exactly it. It says prevent the development, action, or expression of a feeling, impulse, idea, idea, etc. So you pretty much had it right there, so that's fantastic. So. With that, we're going to talk about suppressed fear. Uh, suppressed fear is the suppression, suppression of an emotion that a lot of people have. Uh, it's the forcibly preventing of someone sharing their feelings of fear. And this can be done internally by ourselves, and this can also be done external, externally by other people. Uh, you know, it's the, the suck it up buttercup mentality, right? You know, I don't know how many times I said that to my kids. Shame on me. No, I'm But, you know, there's a time and a place for things. But there's also, if someone has fear, they, they need to be able to, to express that fear. Because a lot of times what happens is, is we have fear of something when really we don't have a reason to have fear of it. How many times have we feared something happening in our lives and then it never came to fruition? I know I have. Probably more than I'd like to, to think about think about all that stress and that that angst that we had internally on ourselves when really we had no control over the situation and it didn't even come to fruition what good did that do us? but if we were willing to speak about our fears with people and talk openly with people and pray to God about it and lay our worries on Him lay our anxieties on Him what do you say he'll do? Every morning he's there for us, right? For Fortunately, our worries and our anxieties are there.
2: You know, sadly, so often, though, I mean, you think of one of the big things that, that James, you know, told, tells us in, in James chapter 5, verse 19, talking about going to one another daily, expressing these things. There's a reason why he's telling us this stuff. And telling us that the prayers of the righteous, you know, availeth much. Right. You know, that's something we don't do as Christians. We don't talk about these things with one another because of the old gossip train. Mm -hmm. So worried about, oh, somebody's going to, you know. But what holds so many of us back that when we need the prayers of the congregation, which I have been so impressed with the congregation here, uh, you know, putting out their their prayer requests and needs and and to where I have worshipped at so many places and preached at places where, the saint's just so afraid of what other saints are going to say, but never right. say anything that's going on, and then when they finally do it, it's almost too late sometimes to, to truly help them. And that's not healthy. And it's it's so
1: sad.
0: Right, it is. There's a reason James told us to do that. And I will say, the effectual prayer of a righteous man is not much. How many of us apply that to ourselves for ourselves? Is, right? Okay. All right. So, you probably had time to read these. We're going to keep moving on in favor of time. All right. So, emotional... And we're going to talk about, continue with emotional, we're going to talk about internalized. So internalized means to to keep something in, right? Uh, It's taking stress in or keeping stress in for ourselves. So so when we're dealing with internalized stress, it could be an outside source. Maybe we're dealing with someone and that stress is being dumped onto us, or we're dealing with something in our own lives and that stress is, is just building up inside of us, but we're just holding it in. And this is when we talked about mask depression. Remember that? This goes hand in hand with that mask depression. Because we have all this stress, but we're holding it in. And don't worry, I got this. Right? How many of us says, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I think I might just said that the other night. Right, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. She could tell I'm stressed. I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) I was not Shame on me. Look what I'm studying. Right? So what
1: should Michelle have done?
0: You know what? What should I have done? That's yes. a answer. question. <laughs> what should I have done? So, so here's the deal. This, a lot of times, has to start with us. We need to realize it. That's what that's what this class is about. I'm not a doctor. I can't solve people's problems. None of us in here are. But what we can do is we can recognize the symptoms and react to them. In my self-defense, I really didn't tell you this, that much yet, so there we go. No, i So, but but we can't internalize stuff because then what it does, acidate the violin, which it's in first, right? We're going to keep moving for a second, okay? Uh, with that, here's a list. You know, maybe you got a new job, lost stress from the job, right? Uh, marital problems, you're struggling with stuff, and you know, you just can't figure out how to, uh, to present it to your spouse because you're afraid they're going to get upset with you or whatever it might be. It might cause more problems, you think. Financial obligations, you're... you're Maybe you're the one in the family that deals with the, the finances and you're just internalizing it because you're part of the pie and you, you, you're just struggling with it. you got a troubled child and they're not getting the grades that they need to get or they're mouthing off to me and you're just, it's just eating at you, right? Who's ever had a kid mouth off to them? Every parent in here probably has, right? So um, maybe you've moved. You know, that could be stressful for the kids. That could be stress- stressful for the husband and the wife. Maybe the workload is just being dumped on yet. you. know, Maybe it's an election year. Uh-oh. Maybe you get stressed <laughs> before you, Zach. Um, family responsibilities. You know, uh, Drug or alcohol uh, use of a spouse. All these things can just cause emotional internalized stress. And if we bottle it up, acid does what? It eateth the violent witches in first. Right? All right. So, let's move on to spiritual. So, There are three spiritual sources of depression that we're going to talk about. Sin, longing for God, and the devil. With that, I'm going to ask someone to go ahead and read uh, Psalm 32, 3, and 4 for me. It's right here. About sin.
2: I kept silent about my sin. My body wasted away through my groaning groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever, heart, or heat. Fever, heat of summer.
0: So, King David, he felt emotionally and physically weak, right? Because he what? He kept silent about his sin. Is that not what we were just talking about in all these cases? Just internalizing it, repressing it, suppressing it. But when it's sin... Look what it does to you.
1: Good connection.
0: What's that? You've made a good connection
1: with everything that you presented up to right now, both the repression and everything, and then you've made a good connection here.
0: Good. Good, good, good. But, once again, is depression sin? No. No. We need to realize that we're talking about how sin causes depression here. Okay? So, we, he talks about when he, when he kept his uh, sin deep inside of himself, self, he, he had, what is it, his body wasted away. He, he was groaning all day. He had the heaviness of, of the transgression of God. He, his vitality was just drained out of him. This is how sin makes us feel, right? I mean, who, who's done something that they knew was just a transgression against God? How does it make you feel? Just mm-hmm. gut sick, right? When you know you've just sinned against God, what do you want to do right away?
2: Make it right.
0: You want to make it right. So let's see how David got relief here. Who wants to read verse five? They get to read the fun one for me.
3: I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin.
0: Yes. How can we get out from underneath this right here? The groaning and the aching. They acknowledge that you
3: sin.
2: Yeah,
0: acknowledge it to who? To God. You go to God in prayer. Sin <coughs> will cause you to just depress, be depressed, and just feel horrific. It will spend, send you into a depression that is described here in, in, in all these adjectives. I mean, it just it's just a horrible, horrible way to feel right but you could just almost feel his his release his relief from it it's no longer repressed so let's talk about a longing for god so with this one i need a someone who's a fast reader and a loud reader go to psalms 42 for me psalms 42 And I'm going to ask you to read those 11 verses for for the class.
4: As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore I remember thee from the land of the Jordan, and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of thy waterfalls. All thy breakers and thy waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As the shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? hope in god for i shall yet praise him the help of my countenance and my god
0: so the topic is longing for god what she just read is is self-defining that entire reading all them verses is just him groaning and aching and longing for god right It's not because of his disobedience or his sin that he was in agony. It was because he what? Just
2: longing for God. Desiring that closeness.
0: Absolutely.
2: Looking at life around and going, I can't
0: wait. Absolutely. And my question is, is in this world at times when we feel like we're separated from God, not necessarily because of our sin or our disobedience, but when the world is just taking us over, can it get us down? And can our longing for God and filling that gap cause us to, to feel depressed at the situation that we're in, maybe? But in the end, what did he do? He prayed to God. He laid it at God's feet. He acknowledged the power of God and who He was and the fact that, that He is the the, uh, the help of my countenance of my soul. Remember when we talked about when someone's countenance falls, that they're, they're down, they're depressed? Who helps your countenance? God. So I thought that was an interesting one whenever I read that, because whenever I read that, I'm like, how can longing for God make you depressed? But <laughs> it's it's the fact that the long is in there because you feel like you're you're farther away from God than you want to be, and that can just weigh heavy on you at times. All right, and lastly, the devil. Uh, the devil is is uh, he's he's out there to get us, right? Uh, but we need to realize who is always there for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to get five volunteers, and once again, uh, the least amount of my voice in this class, the better. Your voices are better than mine. I need five people to uh, uh, read uh, these one, two, three, four, five different scriptures. So if I can get hands, I'm just going. to, Your one, your two, three, four, five. All right. So Zariah, you'll start with John eight forty four. This one is is the murderer and the liar.
3: You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies.
0: So when we let a murderer and liar into our heart, will it cause us to have depression? Read Revelation 12, 10, please. The accuser.
3: Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night.
0: Have you ever been accused of stuff? Yes. Yeah. Accusations? How does it make you feel? First Peter 5 and 8. A lion seeking to devour us.
2: Be sober, be diligent, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour.
0: So, We're going through life and we know Satan's out there just trying to devour us. When we we feel alone, could that cause you to feel depressed? Mm -hmm. Yep. Psalm 37, verse 4. uh, Does not want us to delight in God.
4: Uh, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of
0: your heart. So does Satan want us to to turn our our hearts over to God and have delight in Him? No, he wants the exact opposite, right? Does he want to, to put our light out? November. Is it time? It's time. Are we done?
1: Okay.
0: All right. Real quick here, the last one. Uh, Psalm 51, verse 12. He does not want us to experience the joy of salvation. And once we went through all those, the last scripture that I wanted us to read is how we can overcome those, how we should defend against those. And I want you to go home and read uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 10 through 18. It talks about putting on the whole armor of God. That whole armor of God helps us to protect ourselves, our heart, from the devil. It's the wiles of the devil. It's the wiles of the devil. And with that, that was the last slide, so we were actually done. So perfect timing. I'm glad the bell didn't ring tonight. So, love you all. Thank you very much.